Okay, should be recording. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Paw Prints New podcast, where we interview students, staff, and administrators to talk about topics relevant to Montgomery High School. My name is Nana, and I'm a senior. And my name is Sophie, and I'm a sophomore. We're both editors of the Paw Print, and today we will be speaking with Mr. Pachuda, one of MHS's vice principals. We'll be discussing Mr. Pachuda's role as a vice principal in Montgomery and what the future holds for Montgomery High School, as well as mental health among staff and students. So without further ado, let's get on to the podcast. All right. So first question for you, Mr. Pachuda, could you tell us a little bit about your career and how you define your role as vice principal? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I, I love podcasts. So to be a part of one, especially one that's so connected to our kids and our staff, I'm really excited to be part of this. Thank you for having me. So um, I made the decision, I would say shortly after my eighth grade year, I had such an incredible teacher. It was his first year teaching. His name is Dennis Mulroney. He's principal right now of uh, Percipity High School. He, he inspired me. I, I think right after that, I knew what I was going to be doing. Uh, and I was going to be teaching. Um, so I went into my undergrad as an elementary education major. Uh, and after I graduated college, I got a job in Bridgewater Raton Dis- uh, School District as a fifth grade teacher. And I worked there for seven years. And it was some of the best seven years of my life. Um, probably my second or third I would say maybe even my undergrad, I had considered being vice principal, principal. Um, So I always knew in the back of my mind is something that I wanted to do. Um, So maybe after my third year teaching, um, I was really inspired by uh, my building principal and vice principal. They just were salt of the earth people. And I could see myself being like that. I mean, it was something where being inspired by them and also seeing the positive changes you can have on school and the influence you can have um, with the staff and the students was something that inspired me to grab my, my master's in educational leadership. And shortly after, uh, it was like a culmination of I had gotten engaged, I had gotten an interview, and I got a job, and I got married, and then I came back from the honeymoon and it literally was my first day of work um, was after uh, I had gotten back. So there's a lot going on in my life and, and it has been an absolute blessing since. Um, but the, uh, the funny thing is my, my wife at the time was my uh, fiance. She was a middle school teacher at uh, UMS and uh, kind of through the network connections there, found out about the opening here in Montgomery. Um, so I took the interview just to kind of get experience. And the next thing you know, I'm getting a call back. And the next thing you know, I'm getting a job offer. So yeah, it was definitely a whirlwind, but I'm so happy. And uh, I've been just in- incredibly blessed the last seven years here. I've been here, which is crazy to think seven years. Wow. Um, so the role is, is a quite unique one. And it was one I learned when I was interning in Bridgewater. And I'll never forget, I was putting together um, physically putting together um, chairs in the, in the media center in the Bridgewater Ratton High School. And the, the vice principal I was working with was like, this is just one of the roles you're going to do. It's just going to be anything and everything you can to support a school. And I, I use that story because it's funny where I can go from, you know, doing teacher observations, which is one of the responsibilities um, to student discipline. Um, and then I could also be taping floors for desks that are six feet apart and spending hours and hours and hours making sure that everything's six feet apart. And yes, it's the whole gamut of from everything from taping floors to, you know, supporting our, our co-curriculars, uh, which is also something I oversee, all of our clubs. 
Um, and that has been, you know, that, that's a really cool aspect of my job is, is supporting and, and uh, over, overseeing the clubs here at uh, MHS. Oh, thank you, Mr. Pachuda. I loved hearing your story. I think these kinds of stories are things that the student, like the student body, we like usually never really hear about. So I think this was like really important. And I know many students are probably also curious about all the work you do. So that was also very insightful as well. Yeah. Um, and now, now that we have a better idea of what you do as vice principal, could you let us know um, maybe about your goals for the rest of this school year and going into the rest of 2021? Uh, for example, like the events we usually have at school or um, how classes will be held in the fall? Yeah, absolutely. So as far as events go, I'm, I'm excited to say, you know, we have some dates um, right now that we're looking at to have our prom. Um, dates for our senior barbecue. We, we have been successfully able to um, uh, get our senior trip approved, which was huge. That'll be for the first week in, in June. But for everything else, um, you know, we're really just kind of getting creative and using the time and the space that we have to um, plan, at least plan. You know, that's all we can do right now is, is plan and have a save the date for everything from uh, a potential pep rally um, in the spring to having a, a outdoor carnival for our seniors. So right now we're, we're really working with um, uh, some of our senior seniors right now, our senior class advisors and Mr. Papaduke, the building principal, mm -hmm. to really get something to look forward to for the spring. Uh, and obviously, as with everything going on in September, um, potentially, and the, the rest of this year, it's all going to depend on um, the, the health department, where we're at with us uh, as far as the state goes. You know, that's really what dictates our next move. Um, but we are proactive uh, as a district and we're already planning on, you know, what it's going to look like right now. So we combine cohorts on Monday. Cool. Now we're going to now we're going to start planning for what it's going to look like with a full day having lunch, what that may look like. And, you know, for us as administrative staff, it's, it's collaborating and working together to always forward forward, be always forward thinking. Um, and what that might look like, because we know the last year, we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, let alone right. a week, month from now. So right now it's, it's getting things in place for this year and then kind of seeing where we're at, at the end of the year for, for September. But I'm very confident that we're going to start the year September as we normally would a full day, probably wearing masks, but we'll see where we're at and where kind of COVID directs that. Right. Yeah, that's really great to hear because things have been so all over the place. But I know that you and the rest of the administration have been doing their best. And like, it's a lot of behind the scenes work that we don't really see. And so students and staff and administrators, like everyone's frustrated with the situation, but like, we've just got to work with what we've got. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you kind of touched on combining cohorts. So could you kind of uh, explain how that process was and like, the logistics of it, like how many PPEs there are and those other uh, details. Sure. So I would say going back to even even the summer, you know, preparing for the school year, we had um, ordered thousands and thousands of, of PPE. So specifically yeah. hand sanitizer, wipes, uh, I mean, cases and cases. Um, in fact, we were on back order because of so many districts across the country had been, you know, ordering ahead of time. Um, we were lucky that ours came in and was ordered at you know, a, a, an appropriate time so that we could start when we began hybrid in October, you know, we were good to go. We, we hit the ground running there. Um, so every class has wipes, every class has um, hand sanitizer. Um, 
we have extra extra masks, you know, for those uh, teachers or students that forget them. We have extra those gloves. Um, so our custodial staff, I have to give them kudos. They were really uh, well prepared when it came to starting our hybrid year um, in October. So um, going with the cohorts. So when we did room measurements, again, one of the lovely responsibilities that I had as a vice principal to physically measure out each room and decide how many desks we can fit in and how, you know, how that might look with the teachers and, and the students. Uh, we, we decided that most of the rooms were, uh, we could fit um, with six feet um, distance, about 14 desks. So 14 students and then the two, two or uh, more teachers in that each room. Mm -hmm. So as we kind of rolled out the first hybrid, the two cohorts we were noticing Okay, you know this was this was going well. I think we can combine at this point. Um, and the rooms that had we would look through each schedule, so each teacher and how many students they had and how many students had elected hybrid, so that when we did bring them both in at once, how many rooms did we have that had uh, ten or more? And then in those rooms, we looked at okay, well, how many students are are coming? Because there's a lot of students that are still hybrid that are not necessarily coming in yet, but we're ready to accommodate them no matter what. You know, if they decide all on Monday, we're all coming in, we're ready for that. So for the rooms that had maybe 14 or more, we're gonna go on a rotational basis. A couple of students will go to the commons for that, that, um, that particular block, and then they rotate for the next. So we were all well, well prepared for, you know, what that combining cohort was gonna be. Uh, and that just, you know, brainstorming. And that's what it is. You know, we, we, we work together with LMS and UMS and the uh, lower schools to kind of just, play the game of uh, what ifs and, and go based on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of this is such a great reminder that the administration is just doing its best to help us stay safe in these circumstances and that, you know, you've got our best in interests in mind. So um, there's not too much that we have to worry about. So, yeah. And uh, moving on to another note, we were wondering if you could explain how the diversity and equity and inclusion training is being applied during this school year, because I recently saw on the MTSD website that there was like a DEI website too, and there have been different groups um, that are specialized in those areas. So if you could talk a little bit more about that, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that has been so impressive and has made me so proud uh, to work for Montgomery and Ms. McLaughlin, our superintendent, was very proactive and uh, right from the start and, and organizing, um, you know, what, what we would call diversity training for our staff and recognizing that, you know, there was a, definitely a need there. Absolutely, without a doubt, there was a need to learn and to listen. Um, so we've hired the help of uh, Dr. Daniels who has helped us as a, as a staff, both administrative and our teaching staff. In fact, we had a, uh, an amazing day yesterday. Dr. Daniels had our, our staff trained from 1230 to two, uh, which was our, I believe our second meeting with her, professional development with her. Um, so along with that, we've had a small subcommittee called the EEI, which stands for Empathy and Inclusion. We have had tremendous work come out of that. And that's just been our kind of the, the, the wheelhouse for conversations and professional training and, and kind of seeing where we're at now, how can we improve, how can we get better? And that has been um, kind of the grassroots for, you know, our, our what is our next step going to be? Um, I've had the pleasure and honor of working with our Monty for Justice students, which is, uh, we have some current students on it and some alumni, 
and having those conversations. Um, just last month, we met with um, the UMS, LMS, and MHS administrative staff and met with them and talked about how we can always improve. And that's, that's been the biggest thing is that, you know, recognizing where we've fallen short in the past, um, acknowledging that, and then how can we improve? And the biggest thing I think for me personally, and then as our administrative staff um, is listening and taking that and seeing where we can go from there. Uh, but there's been a lot of work that's being done. And then, you know, obviously wanting to showcase that. And that's where part of that website has been, you know, where can we show our students, our staff and our, our community, what we've been doing and how we've been doing it. And that's where that, that tab has been um, really kind of the showcase for all the work we've been doing. Right. I think that's a really great mindset to have. Cause I think no matter what state you're from, what school district you're in, everyone has one way that one way or another that they can improve. And it's just always about, being aware of like some fallbacks that you've had in the past and like, how can you move past that and improve? So everyone feels like they're welcomed and uh, being included. I think that's really great to hear. Um, and now we kind of want to switch gears and talk a bit about mental health. So how have you been dealing with stress as a recently, as someone who's managing so much as a vice principal? And also what is some advice that you would give to students and staff at Montgomery who may be dealing with stress amidst the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely every human being uh, has felt stress, no matter what level uh, in their lives, personal. So for me personally, I'm very, very, very blessed. I have an incredible wife and I have a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. Uh, and they are a great source of distraction and focus for me. So, you know, I looked at a lot of silver linings over the course of the year. Um, I got to spend a lot more time with them. Um, for good and bad, you know, because they, they drive us nuts too. There has <laughs> been some very challenging days, but overall, um, you know, being able to, to slow down a little bit um, has helped me. I kind of de-stress and, you know, when it comes to that, it's, it's when, whenever we're dealt with something on this grand scale, I think it comes down to self-reflection and, and, you know, what, what has helped uh, me in the past. So for me, it's, it's always been family and friends. So reaching out to them, having conversations, you know, FaceTime has been good, you know, and, and just kind of recognizing that we need each other um, to get through some stressful times. So for me, it's been family and friends um, and advice. And, and this is so, so critical that don't ever let anyone tell you that you're stressed because you're young is any less stress than an adult because so often you could probably hear adults say, well, that, you know, don't worry about it. You're young. You're going to get through this it's your high school year. You got so many years ahead of you. And that dismisses stress because yeah. that exact, that feeling you have is the same as an adult who's stressing about money, stressing about the family. It's the same feeling of emotion. And, and it's hard to see the future um, sitting where you're sitting. And, and I, I remember that. I remember being in high school and thinking this is going to be forever. And one thing I can give you and a piece of advice is think about a moment in your life or, or some of the most stressful times in your life and where you are now. And you've gotten through it. You know, you can look back in that on that time and say, why wow, I got through that, you know, and, and what did it take to get through it? Was it, was it friends? Was it family? Was it a hobby? And remember that in life, we're always going to be faced with challenges you come out stronger from it, whether you 
recognize it or not. So my, my biggest piece of advice is knowing that the end is near, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I always, I'm a, not a cliche guy. I get annoyed. It's like one of my pet peeves when I like, oh, the light's at the end of the tunnel or, but, but it's, it's true that, you know, you always think about something to get you through it. And that is, yeah. um, that is something that, that we can all do more of. And that is, uh, you know, that's, that's my piece of advice is that we're almost through it. You have each other rely on things that, you know, help you the most. Um, and that remember you are strong because you've gotten through things in, in the past in your life that have been difficult. And this is just another challenge and you're going to be coming out of this even better. Exactly. Yeah. That's such important advice. And really, you know, I think it's important for all of us to hear it's applicable to everyone. So thank you for that. Yeah. And just to close out a little bit, is there anything else that we may have missed that you would like to touch on or mention? Anything? Not that I can think of, but just thank you for doing this. This is just another cool outlet um, because being stuck behind computer all day, it absolutely stinks. Yeah. And, and anything that can kind of be, you know, coming out of this in a good way, is is let's just make the best of what we have and that's what we have right now with you guys doing this podcast and, and the paw print and, and all the incredible work and just yeah so I guess my biggest piece is just saying to the students thank you for your patience and, and your resilience and it's been inspirational and I can honestly say it's been inspirational to me the administrative staff and and our and our teaching staff because we say it all the time you guys you guys rock and you're the reason why we're here um, and we're almost through it. We're almost there. Thank you so much. That means a lot, especially with your last point about mental health. It, it feels really nice to hear an adult saying all of this, someone who's in charge of the things that we're kind of, um, you know, go, like being at school, you know what is going on and you're the one who's telling us that it's valid, that our emotions are valid. It's really nice to hear all of that. So thank you for talking with us today and giving some insight about what you do and um, kind of your work on a day-to-day -day basis. So to our listeners, thank you for listening. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Make sure to tune in next time where we'll continue our discussion on life at Montgomery High School. Thank you, Mr. Pachuda. Thank you guys so much.